0: The brother asked us last night to search ourselves. I hope you've been searching all day long. And if you come up empty, I hope you ask God to search you. That we'll be able to get to the point we need to be just to praise Him. I'm with Brother Derek. I don't know what true revival really looks like. I know when I feel good in the Spirit. I do know that. I know when I feel where I should be in the Spirit. But, but to say that I've been in a tear-down meeting where thousands have got saved, or even hundreds, or even... Ten, I haven't been there. But I do know when the Spirit of God comes among His people, there's a reviving of our souls that cannot be explained through words, but it can through action. And that's when we just praise God. Sometimes we say, I don't know what to say. I just need to thank God for saving my soul. Do you understand that that's giving us a hope of revival right there? We don't always know what to do in order to find revival, but sometimes it's just stopping, acknowledging God and just thanking Him. That's for as simple as just standing and thanking Him for saving my soul. Revival might not come in a big, loud boom. The mighty rushing wind might not come flowing through the building. Oh, but when that spirit speaks as it passes by, in that still, small voice, his children knows who's talking. And I'm glad of that tonight. I'm glad of that tonight. When we uh, were sitting here last night, I'm going to stop sitting on that pew, because when I do, it seems like during the service, God places something on my heart. I'm going to try sitting somewhere else next time. If I ever get Brother Derek to preach again, the remainder of this week, I'm going to sit somewhere else, so, so maybe God will leave me alone. You ever been there? That's not a good place, is it? We need to be right where God wants us to be, where we can hear Him. I thank God for that pew this week. I thank God for speaking to me last night. He put a a thought on my heart, and and I want to uh, talk to you tonight about at the end of your time. At the end of your time. Paul tells us in Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death. That sounds depressing. But Paul did not leave you out there hanging. He said, but for the wages of sin is death, but it gets of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. The writers of Hebrew tells us in Hebrews 9 and 27, once appointed a man to die, and then after this, the judgment. So we understand there's going to come an end to every one of us. Every one of us, no matter how old or how young you are, the end is near. How near is it? How near is it? I don't usually like to use statistics, but I looked up some statistics today. I can't hardly say the word. But I want you to listen to this. The death rate in America, or not in America, in the world, is 120 people per minute. 120 people per minute. Every 60 seconds, 120 people die. That's worldwide. 60 million people die each year in the world. That is 178,000 each day. 7,425 each hour and 120 each minute. Your time's coming. And it's coming quick. In the United States, the population of the United States is 124th of the world population. 320 million of 7.6 billion. In the United States alone, 2.6 million die each year. 2.6 million die each year. Does that bring that scripture even stronger, what Isaiah said, that hell hath enlarged itself? That is 7,123 each day. 297 each hour and five each minute just here in America. Are you the next minute to kick tick off the clock? Is you, are you part of that next tick of the clock? Lost friend tonight, are you part of it? Is your soul going to be required of you tonight? That's what he told of the rich fool there. He said, man, I've got all this great harvest that came in. i got to uh, tear down my barns and build more to store it. My soul is going to relax and rejoice and I'm going to be happy and I'm going to just eat, drink, and be merry for the rest of my life. And God came to that man and he said, thou fool, tonight your soul will be required. He made all the re- preparations, didn't he? All the worldly preparations. And God came to him and he told him, Tonight, your soul will be required of you. Out of that 120 people per minute, is your soul going to be required of you tonight? Are you prepared for your soul to be required of you tonight? Are you ready to meet your maker? As Amos told the Israelites, their children of Israel, he said, prepare to meet thy God. Are you ready to meet God tonight? Are you prepared? Because you could be the next tick off the clock. Are you ready? Death is no respecter of age. Death is no respecter of persons. And I'm not here just to try to uh, throw a scare into you. I just want to give you the facts tonight. Nothing but the facts. That's all I want to give you is that you're dying. And you can't stop it. Do you understand that? You have no power to stop your body from dying. Do you want to know when it began dying? When you took your first breath. It began going back to the dust of the earth. When is it going to make that final jump? Do you know? Do you know if you're going to have another day? I don't. I might have another 100 years. I might be 150 before I die. And then yet, I might not even make it to 51 and I'd be dead. I might not even make it to 8 o'clock. It's five more minutes from now. And I might be the one in the next minute. And if it is, please don't weep for me. Rejoice. Because if I die, I'm going home. That real home that we sing about. That that place that God has prepared for me. That's where I am going. Are you going there? Because time is ticking. What is your worst enemy? Time is your worst enemy. You are running out of time. You are running out of time To seek God. You're running out of time to praise God. You're running out of time. Both sides of the fence is running out of time. That's one thing I can guarantee you. I can't guarantee you're going to have a lot of money. I can't guarantee you're going to have a good job. I can't guarantee you're going to make it through school. I can't even guarantee you're going to make it home tonight. But what I can guarantee Is that you're going to run out of time. You'll run out of time. I used to laugh when my dad said, time flies the older he gets. Where was Sunday night gone? It seems like we just started, and here it is Friday night. How fast this week has flown by. And it keeps getting quicker and quicker with each minute off the clock. Another 120 just died while I was speaking. That's reality. That's reality. and This was back in 2019 before COVID. So the numbers are probably even larger now, but that's reality. That's reality. What are you going to do with reality tonight? God is real. Heaven is real. Satan is real. And hell is real. What are you going to do with reality tonight? By the grace of God, I hope I'm able to speak to you a little bit tonight, and I'll try not to worry your patience, but my heart is full. I'll be honest with you. My heart is full. When I started thinking about this and thinking about my minute might be next, I got excited. Now, some people think I'm morbid because I'm excited to die. Does that make sense? If you're saved by God's grace, it should, because we got a better place to go. we got a better place to go. But if God allows me to stay here longer and allows me to keep working for Him, then then that's what He wants and that's what I'll do. But if He calls me home this very moment, (laughs) it'll be goodbye world. Hello, Jesus. Sister Morgan testified last night. I thought about her grandmother when she was telling about that. I don't know if you knew her or not, but she was a, a blessed woman. It was a blessing just to be around her and to talk with her and to hear her. But I just thought about when when she passes. Morgan says she closed her eyes here and opened them up, and there he was. Can you imagine that tonight? God's children, we're going to close these eyes, and there he is. There he is. How about you tonight? Does that excite you? Does that get your blood pumping? your heart thinking, you're going to see your Savior. The one who saved your soul, the one who died for you, the one that gave his life for your life, a life for a life, right? He gave his life that you might find life. We're going to read some scriptures here in Luke chapter 16. We're going to start in the 19th verse here. Most people in here probably already know what I'm getting ready to read. A lot of you probably quote what I'm getting ready to read. But tonight I want us to think about that one minute, of another 120 people dying in this world. One minute. Each minute that passes off that clock, 120 people are gone. Doesn't say saved or lost. Doesn't say where they're at, heaven or hell. 120 minute or 120 people died in that one 60 minute or 60 second time span. Just gone. Where'd they go? Did they go to hell? Did they go to hell? That's between them and God. I can't speak for them and I can't pray for them. Now they're God. I do want you to understand this, and we'll get more into it here in a minute. Lost friend, I'm really concerned about you tonight. I truly am. I'm worried uh, for you. I'm scared for you, and I want to see you saved more than anything in this world. But if I had to die right here, right now, and I was go home, I wouldn't think about you ever again. That's reality. You know why? Because once I'm there, I'm not looking back. You see, the Bible tells me that there is no sorrow, nor pain, nor death. And I will not uh, be worried about it anymore. I'll be able to lay the Bible down and just go home and not worry about it anymore. But while I'm here, I'm very concerned about your soul. I'm very concerned about your unconcern. I'm very concerned about you not worrying about it. I'm very concerned about you not seeking God because I understand and I know that you could be in that next minute whether you realize it or not, whether you accept the fact or not. Read in Luke 16 and 19 says, There is a certain rich man was clothed with purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there is a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Now think about that just for a moment. This is what we've got waiting for us that have been saved by God's grace. It wasn't because he was a beggar and had nothing that he was carried off into Abraham's bosom. It is because he was saved by God's glorious grace that he was carried off into Abraham's bosom which is a representation of heaven. And he was there. It was uh, goodbye world, hello Jesus. He closed his eyes and there he was. <laughs> think about that tonight. It wasn't because the dogs came and licked his sores for relief. It was because he repented of his sins and found Jesus. That's why it was goodbye world and hello Jesus. That's why heaven was his home. That's why he rested in the arms of Abraham there in his bosom. That's why. God, children, I want us to think about just for a moment. I want us to think about just for a moment what is waiting for us. What we have coming, even at death, at death, what we have looking towards us, and, and, and death might not be a fun experience for us, As a, the sting of death is going to hurt, I guarantee it will, that's why it's called a sting, but it, once it happens, oh, eternity begins, and it's <laughs> just an eternity of bliss in paradise. Uh, he told the, the thief on the cross, today you'll be in Paradise with me. <laughs> he shut his eyes there on the cross and opened them in heaven. Just like Lazarus did here. do you realize Lazarus was alone? Probably the majority of his life, from what we read, he was the beggar at the rich man's gate. I didn't say for how long he couldn't even afford uh medicine or anything to help his source, but you know what? When he died, he wasn't alone. We said this the other night, for the angels came to carry him away when he died, he died with a friend. What was the old kid's movie toy story? Was it Woody? he saying you got a friend in me. Look what I've got. (laughs) Jesus has his arms stretched open wide tonight. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) Oh, Lazarus didn't have anything in this world. Oh, man. (laughs) He had everything waiting for him. Jesus told him in, in John chapter 14, let not thy heart be troubled. You believe in God, he said, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. In other words, there's, there's plenty of room for all. I don't know. I don't believe we're going to have a mansion right there. I believe there's just going to be plenty of room for us all there. He said, if I go away, I go away to prepare a place for you. The master carpenter. Do you think it was just coincidence he was a carpenter here in this world? No! He was the master carpenter! The master builder! No one can build to compare to him! And he went away to prepare a place for me, as he did Lazarus there. Then I've got a room with my name on it. Bible says I'm gonna have a new name. No offense to my mom and dad, I never did really like James Scott too much. Every time I heard it, I trembled. <laughs> you ever thought about that? <laughs> Every time I heard him say, James Scott, I trembled because I knew I'd done something I shouldn't have done. Oh, but when God calls my name, that name that I don't know yet, but I will know it when I hear it, when he calls that new name, I won't tremble. I'll shout. I'll be rejoicing when he calls my name. At the end of my time, oh, going to be rejoicing. Oh, God's children. Oh, we touched a little bit on it last night. Oh, the beauties of heaven. All the streets of gold. Ah, That's just telling us how beautiful it's going to be. Oh, but can you imagine just basking in the glory of God? Oh, just basking in it. Oh, I think of my my dog, and this is going to sound funny to you probably. But I thought about my dog when I was studying this. That old hound dog, he's not the smartest one. He's not. Oh, but even today on the hot muggy day, oh, when I got home and I let him outside, he went right to his favorite spot there on the porch where the sun just shines right in and he just laid down he just basked in the warmth of the sun. And I thought, that's going to be me. Oh, When I get there, I'm going to find me a spot there in heaven and I'm just going to relax and bask in the glory of God. Oh, in God's creation, we can learn a lot of things. Even in an old basset hound. But he just lays there. And I know that dog got to be getting hot. So I go out there and I holler, Buster, get in here. And he just lays there and looks at me. I'm not going anywhere. You know, when I get to heaven and I'm in the glory of God, I'm not going anywhere. And you can't make me go anywhere. I'll be there with him throughout eternity, just as Lazarus, cradled in his arms. No more pain. No more suffering. Can't hurt me when I get there. But it's not just for a here today and gone tomorrow. It's for eternity. (laughs) Never ending in the glory of God. Can you just imagine uh, how we feel every once in a while when we have a good service and the Spirit comes uh, and meets with us and and goes through the building and we feel uh, that wind come through and we feel the Spirit. Can you imagine how it's going to be 24 hours, 7 days a week throughout eternity? (laughs) We're going to just be walking with Him. can you imagine, can you imagine truly in the perfection of the new body (laughs) praising Him without error, (laughs) without sin to distract us, but just to praise Him holy, holy, holy to the Lamb of God. (laughs) Can you just imagine? When I do, I get worked up. I'm sorry. Oh, but when I just imagine just being with him. <laughs> I can't tell you all about heaven, but what I can tell you is it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> I can't describe it as John did as he seen it there in Revelation, but I can tell you it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be warm. It's going to be inviting. It's going to be somewhere you desire to be. And we've got a taste of that here on earth. Oh, have you thought about lately, about when Jesus returns? we got to quit talking on the way home, Dad. We talk about different things every night this week, and I think I brought them out in every message this week. But we, we talk about when Jesus returns. I don't know everything that's going to happen, but what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 just ignites a fire in me. It does. Listen to what he says. He said, Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So, do you know what that means? This body that you see before you is going to lay down. It cannot enter into heaven. Why not? Why not? I sort of like this old body. Got used to it after 50 years. Why can't it enter into heaven? Because I'm going to have a new one that can withstand the glory of God. Ha <laughs> ha. Right now, I almost guarantee if the glory of God, if, if God himself came down here, I believe I'd burn up. I do. This body could not be in his presence. This sin, sinful nature could not be in his presence. I'm going to have a new body. <laughs> not just any body. Not just any skin, not just any bones. I'm going to have a body fashioned like the one of the son of God himself. Whew. Just think about that for a moment. You're going to have a body that I can't even begin to explain, but it's going to be made in the perfection of Jesus Christ. Perfect. Oh, flesh and blood cannot inherit this kingdom. He said, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. He said, behold, let me show you a mystery. (laughs) Let me show you something that's going to amaze you. Let me show you something. Let me tell you a little bit about what's going to happen. He said, Behold, I show you mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we shall not all die. <laughs> Do you know what that tells me? That gives me hope that he can return right now. This very moment I hear at Faith Missionary Baptist Church, we would hear the last trump sound <laughs> at any moment, any hour. That doesn't mean I'm going to have to be dead and in the grave. That means at any second now. I could hear the last trump. I could hear it. He said, we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. When, Paul, at the last trump, when Jesus returns, he said, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality, so... So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, this mortal shall I put on immortality, then be brought to pass the saying where it is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death, sin, death is sin, the strength of sins of law, but thanks be to God. <laughs> I've got something. You getting ready to tell me more about it. Listen. Hey, he said, But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, his death was, was spectacular there on Calvary. Uh, the, the way they sealed the tomb, I thought they would hide him. Death couldn't take him. The grave couldn't hold him. He's alive today, and I've got hope of a resurrection because of it. <laughs> I've got hope. No matter what's happening in this grave, cannot hold me down. Why? Because I have victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Whew. I've thought about this many times when I've read this, thinking about Jesus when He resurrected, come out of that grave. I can just hear Him at times. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is my victory? You can't hold me. You can't keep me. I am God, the Son. <laughs> and nothing can stop me. <laughs> and I've tasted in that victory myself when He saved my soul. <laughs> Let that next minute come for me. Let <laughs> will be all right. God will take care of my family. <laughs> and I'll be home. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love my family. I'd do anything in the world for my family. Oh, but to see the face of my Savior. <laughs> We're going home. That next minute could be yours tonight. (laughs) Rejoice, God's children. (laughs) Because that next minute could be mine. (laughs) People say I'm sick. Thinking about getting excited about death. But I can't help it. Oh, death, where is I Sing, Oh, grave, where is I victory? Through what Jesus Christ done for me, death gets me excited. I don't fear death. I don't fear it at all. I welcome it. Because when I do, when I do, yes, my natural body, my natural human side, does not want to leave my family. Yes, I'm I'm a wimp. I'll be honest with you. I'm afraid of needles, so when I hear about a sting of death, that does concern me a little bit. But you know what? As soon as that needle's done, it's all all good after that, right? As soon as that sting of death's gone. I won't be worrying about it anymore. I don't worry about death. Sometimes I worry about how I'm going to die. Lord, have mercy on me. You ever been there? You start thinking about your past life, how things have been in the past, and what you've done against God, and, and you hadn't lived a God in life, and you thought, like, Lord, have mercy on me, even in death. Oh, I might be concerned about the sting a little bit, but I'm not at all concerned about where I'm going. I have a heartfelt, no-soul salvation. I have been changed from the inside out. I have come to know my Redeemer, the one who purchased me with His own blood. I'm like Job tonight. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job said, oh, that it was graven with a pen. If it's uh, in stone, I want the world to know if he only knew. If he only knew. Still in the year 2021, we're still talking about how Job knew that his Redeemer liveth. <laughs> Even before Jesus was born. <laughs> you tell me salvation's changed. I'm gonna call you a liar. It hadn't changed a bit. <laughs> it hadn't changed a bit. It's been the same from the beginning. It'll be all the way till he comes back. It has not changed. And Job knew that. He knew that he had been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. I know that my Redeemer liveth. And what did he say? Even though the skin worms have ate my body, even though he'd been in the grave for a long time, he says, I will see him with my eyes. <laughs> I don't know. And I can't explain it, but even in the book of Revelation, it tells us that even the one that pierced his side will see him coming in the cloud of glory. <laughs> So nobody will have to introduce you and say, there's Jesus. I think he might be coming on the other side. No, in that last trump sounds, in that eastern sky split, you will know it. Oh, but lost, I could talk about heaven all night and be excited. But if you're here lost tonight, I want you to understand how urgent it is for you to seek God. For your time is near. You could be the next one in that next minute. Minute isn't very long, is it? A minute goes by very quick. And in our presence here tonight, God shouldn't think about this for just a moment. I thought about this today as I was walking around at work. In that very next minute, in our presence here tonight, the loss that we know that have proclaimed to be lost could be in that next minute. My son, that says he's lost, could be in that next minute. The next minute it ticks off the clock, Lila could be gone. Do we see the seriousness of, of what we're here for tonight? It's not just all rejoicing, but there's a seriousness about what we're doing here tonight. Because in that next tick off the clock, it could be our children. Sure it can. What's going to happen? Oh, we read here in Luke again where Lazarus died. And it said, and the rich man also died and was buried. Where was his chariot? Where is his angels to come help him? Understand this. When Christ is speaking here, if I didn't tell you Christ is the one speaking here, but when he is, I want you to get this. He called Lazarus by name. And he never once once spoke the rich man's name. And there's a purpose behind that. And I never did realize that until it hit me one day. There's a purpose behind him calling Lazarus' name out and not the rich man. You know, we always tell you that you must know Jesus Christ, and free pardon of sin. He must know you and you must know him. You see, that's why Lazarus was saved, because he came to that knowledge of knowing who Jesus Christ was and Jesus Christ knew who he was, but the rich man never did. I'm telling you right now, God knew who he was, but he did not know him. What did he tell him in John, or Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, I believe it is? Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. He didn't say because you never got baptized. He never said because you didn't repeat a prayer. He didn't say just because you never joined the church. He said I never knew you. You never came to that knowledge of salvation. That's what happened to this rich man. So we understand that Lazarus, saved and the rich man was was lost, and he was died and was buried. And you know how we said, and Sister Morgan said it last night, you close your eyes and then there's Jesus. The rich man closed his eyes. And then he opened them. And what did he see? He said, in hell he lifted his eyes, being in torments. And I want you to understand the word torments is in plural. Multiple. He said, and he seeth Abraham far off, and Lazarus in his bosom and cried, and said, Father Abraham. Have mercy on me and send Ladders that he may dip his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now is comforted, and thou art in tormented. And besides all this, now listen, lost friend. Besides all the torments and all that. What'd he say? He said, besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from then. So, and what's that, what's that saying? Let's just get it down in normal English, hear it out of the old English. It says, once you're there, you're always there. Once you're in hell's torment, you cannot leave. I'm telling you right now, this night in the year 2021 is one of the biggest repentant parties going on in hell that's fallen on deaf ears. God is not hearing it. It's too late. They had their opportunity. They had their minute. And they didn't take advantage of it. They didn't seek Him when He came to them. When they felt that convicting power, that convincing of the Holy Spirit, they didn't come to Him. What's the Bible describe hell like? And I'm going to try to wrap up. I spent more time on Lazarus than I planned on tonight. That's okay. I like like Brother Lazarus. I sure do. But what's hell going to be like? The Bible describes it as the furnace of fire. It says there be wailing. That word wailing means crying out in pain. And it says, and the gnashing of teeth, which means extreme anguish and utter despair. This is what's in your future in the next minute if you are to pass from this life. It describes it where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. It describes it as a lake of fire and brimstone and you should be tormented day and night forever and ever. You remember how I said heaven's going to be wonderful throughout eternity, never ending. Hell's going to be just as torturous throughout eternity. People are begging to die and unable to die. The pain, the agony, the Bible says eternal darkness, and all that sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? The flames that never are quenched, the welling and the gnashing of the teeth, all that's bad the replaying of this night in your mind over and over and over throughout eternity, every time you rejected the drawing power of God, over and over, that worm never dying, continuing to eat at you throughout eternity. The eternal darkness, the fire that's never quenched, but the worst part of it all, is knowing you're separated from God throughout eternity with no hope. No hope of ever escaping. Your hope is now seeking Him and finding Him. Jesus is your only hope tonight. Your only hope. And it must be done in that dash on the tombstone. That one, you got a date of birth and you got a date of death and you got a dash in between that on the tombstone. And what you do in between that dash is very important. Very important. Because if you make it to that date of death and you don't find Jesus Christ in that dash, hell is your home. And there is no escape. It'll be your eternal destination. If that date of death, can't remember what date it is, is June the 11th, 2021, because you're in that next minute, the next group of 120 passing. If that happens to you tonight and you do not know him in the free pardon of sin, your destination is sealed forever. Never to be changed. Forever. God's children as excited as we get about hearing about heaven, we ought to get just as concerned about hearing about hell. It should break our hearts knowing that there are lost loved ones around us. That at any moment could slip off into eternity. And we can't stop it. Do you realize that? Growing up. I knew my dad would do whatever he could in his power to protect me. I knew it. I even seen it put to the test a few times. I knew that he would do whatever he could to protect me. And I would do the same for my children. But if God says it's your time. Thou fool. Tonight, your soul's required of you. I can't stop it. Faith Missionary Baptist Church can't stop it. God's people can't stop it. For God is the holder of life and death. And when he gives life, he gives it. When he takes death, he takes it. You will stand before him. It's another sermon for another night. I've wasted too much time already. But you will stand before him. Once appointed men to die, that's this judgment. Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready to look at him face to face? The day of the Lord comes a thief in the night. No one knew, knows when the thief is coming. If we did, we'd probably be sitting there waiting for him. The Bible says he'll come as a thief in the night. Are you ready for him? Are you ready for him? We read the, the parable about the, the ten virgins. Five of them brought their oil for the lamp. Five of them didn't. They begged for the oil from the other ones. They said, we have got enough for us. You have to go get your own. While they were gone, the bridegroom came. Don't be out searching for something worldly. When Jesus comes, be prepared. Be prepared for that day. For no man knoweth the hour, nor the angels. One of the gospels says not even the Son of God himself. But only the Father knows when time will be no more. He's long-suffering and he's patient. But his long-suffering and patience is wearing out. Paul tells us in Timothy about the last days. And I'm going to hush before I get going again. But you read about them last days and you tell me we're not living them in 2021. At any moment, God, children, we're going to rejoice with a great shout. The Bible says Jesus isn't coming back alone. Paul told him in the Thessalonian letter, he said that he's coming back with the angels with him. After what Paul talks about, those saints raising and, and being changed in a moment, and I had taken off to be with him in our new body, the angels With flaming fire and swords will take vengeance on them that know not God. God have mercy on you tonight. Mercy is extended to you tonight. Once you die and you enter hell's damnation, judgment is past. And mercy is no more. So while you have that opportunity for mercy, please seek him tonight. God should rejoice. <laughs> rejoice in what's waiting for us. But at the same time, be burdened for his waiting for those who are lost. God bless you all. my prayer. Brother Derek, let me turn.